Welcome to American Indian Living, a program developed by the Native Education and Health Initiative to improve and enhance the health of people throughout the Native communities. American Indian Living is hosted by Dr. David DeRose, a board-certified specialist in both internal medicine and preventive medicine. Dr. DeRose has a wide range of experience with Native health issues, and he's ready today to help you learn more about your health. Here's Dr. DeRose. Welcome to American Indian Living. I'm Dr. David DeRose. Today we're looking at a show that I really believe is vital throughout Indian country and beyond. We're speaking about how we can really have optimal health in the very challenging circumstances in which we find ourselves. So, of course, American Indian Living is all about optimal health. And one of the things that we realize when we look at health in its broadest context, it has a whole lot to do with our employment, with our workplaces, with our tribal enterprises. And so we want to really look at these things because we're dealing with some real challenges today in this uh, COVID-19 influenced world. You say, well, how can we take these circumstances and help ourselves to not only do well, but thrive in them? Well, that's what today's show is all about. And we've got a great guest to help us with that dialogue. His name is none other than Steve Baker with The Great Game of Business. Steve, great to have you with us. Thanks, Dr. DeRose. It's really a pleasure to be here. A lot of people, when they hear either the name Steve Baker or The Great Game of Business, they say, wow, how did DeRose get such a a guest on air? But uh, for others, they may be saying, "Uh, Steve Baker sounds vaguely familiar. Great Game of Business. Uh, Wow. Help us out. Help us out. (laughs) Tell us first about your organization. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. The Great Game of Business does sound pretty silly. To, to folks who first hear it, they're like, wait a minute, business is serious stuff, you know, and the great game, what are you trying to, you know, bring it down? You trying to trivialize it. And so I might want to give you a little background, if that's okay, about where the great game of business came from. Oh, that'd be wonderful. So thanks. That uh, That's a long story. I'll try to make it brief. If you could imagine, um, the great game of business refers to a way of running a business. Some people call it open book management. It's been around almost 40 years, and it started way back in 1983 when our founder and CEO, Jack Stack, he and 12 other managers were trying to save their jobs, and they worked for International Harvester back then. And uh, if you remember what the 80s were like, or if the listeners can remember what the 80s were like, those late 70s, early 80s tough times, really bad. I mean, interest rates were like 22%, unemployment 17%. It was nuts. And International wasn't responding to global competition, losing $57,000 an hour and laying people off at a rate of 1,000 people a week. Wow. So, Jack, yeah, I mean, it's crazy. So, Jack said, we've got to save our jobs. We're the best in the world at what we do. And what they did was remanufacture engines. Hmm. Stack was just amazed that 119 machinists and engineers and plant workers could be the very best in the world at what they did. And yet they still face layoffs because their mother company was failing. So the way it works out, some folks out there may have heard of this story. It's the worst corporate buyout in American history. Uh, Jack borrowed $8.9 million against $100,000 down, an 89-to-1 debt-to-equity loan. Shouldn't have ever gotten it. Uh, But the real story happens in how he got the money. 53 banks turned him down, and each time he learned something new about their business. Hmm. He realized he was looking at the wrong scoreboard. You know, he was looking at they had great quality, great warranty rate, best on-time delivery, safety record. Everything was great, but the bankers didn't care. They wanted to know 
do you match up with our secret language, the, the financial ratios? Mm. And so that's really the background. This is a fascinating story, and uh, right now I'm actually recording from uh, Fort Wayne, Indiana, and so there was a significant international harvester presence uh, here in this city uh, historically. And, uh, of course, that downturn affected people all around the country, all around the globe. So this story that you're talking about, this amazing real-life story, because, of course, the fact that you're still or that you're working for Jack at this point, and a lot of other people are, indicates that he didn't just get a crazy loan, but he also was able to make good on it, right? Absolutely. I mean, that was the whole thing, is that Jack was a great plant manager. He was sent down from Chicago, you know, international's headquarters for the whole world. Uh, he was sent down to Springfield to uh, shut down the factory, and they had taught him all the KPIs and the metrics of running a great plant, never taught him the metrics of building a great company. Mm. And that's what really taught him that he had to teach every single person in that company how the business made money and generated cash. Because when he got the loan, right, he's thinking about, um, you know, okay, we got to run at this. Well, everyone in the factory said, okay, give me the tools and get the heck out of my way, right? Well, that's what they did before. And they nearly lost it all. And Jack said, wait, we've got to teach you business. And people are like, no, 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 no. I'm a great engineer. I'm a great machinist. I did not train for this. I don't want to become an accountant. And Jack said, okay, we're going to have to do something else here. So he used the analogy of a game to mm. teach people business. Because in in any game, David, you know, there's a common goal. We call that the critical number. Then there, you know, you, everyone who's going to play a game successfully needs to understand the rules. So you got to know and teach the rules. That's where the open book part comes in. And then you got to follow the action and keep score. Because if you don't keep score, it's just practice. And finally, what's in it for me? We want a team-related stake in the outcome. So that's the big idea behind it. So when I hear open book, I'm thinking open financial books. Is that part of it, or is it a lot more than that? It is, and it is a lot more. It's both. Um, it's a great way to phrase the question. I think the first thing we should probably deal with is open book management, because that, that term has been around since Jack created it back in, in 83, totally by accident. He was just trying to teach people how to become business people, how to think and act more like owners do. And uh, frankly speaking, open book or transparency is really nifty, but it's worthless without education, hmm. because we don't teach our kids this stuff, right? I mean, gosh, Dave Ramsey, the personal finance guru, I'm sure you've become familiar with him through right. the years, haven't you? Right. He has a great, he has a really great um, quote that I use almost every day, and that is, money flows from people who do not understand it to people who do. Mm, mm. <laughs> so Jack was just trying to teach people how money works in a business, how we make money and generate cash, ask them to hold one another accountable to make those numbers better, and then share in the results. So open book uh, is, is a great thing, as long as it's got education along with it. It's much more because... Once you open the books and teach people the numbers, it's more because you got to get action. And so there's very much a, a system to it, and that's what the great game of business is today. So when people ask, what is the great game, I can tell you it's our operating system. Jack wrote a book about it in 1992, and we've been also become a company, one of the 10 SRC companies. That's uh, our, our mother company that came out of International. And so now we went from 119 people to 2,000. Wow. And my little division, all we do is help other companies implement the system. So how long have you been doing this now, Steve? I joined totally by accident 14 years ago. 
And uh, man, it has absolutely changed my life. So basically, this is a system that isn't just a theoretical system. It works. I mean, that's your basically your corporate DNA. Uh, it's not just a book. It's not just a system. But the great game of business is actually the name of your organization as well, correct? Right, exactly. And before the book was even written in 92, I'm talking clear back in the mid-80s, people would read about Jack Stack and SRC in this uh, uh, business media, right? The, anything from uh, Newsweek to uh, Wall Street Journal, Forbes, Inc. Magazine. And, they, and they'd say, hey, I'm coming through uh, Springfield, Missouri, Jack. Can I come by and sit in on your huddle, which is our financial meeting every week? And he'd say, sure, come on in. And, and then pretty soon, Factory workers are saying, hey, it's getting a little crowded in here. Mm -hmm. So Jack said, no problem. We'll charge people to come. And then as soon as they put a price tag on it, more people came. (laughs) So it became this training organization and consulting organization to help others. And and everybody's done it. I mean, every industry, for-profit and not-for-profit you can imagine, they've all been able to implement it. So we've pitched this, at least I have, as we began the show, as – Something that's going to make a difference in this environment, this crazy environment where we're dealing with this COVID-19 pandemic. And how does this concept, this open book management, how does what the great game of business is doing and what you're doing, Steve, actually help tribes, help individuals, help organizations in this challenging time? I'm glad you asked that because it's very personal to me. I was talking to one of our practitioners the other day in Washington, D.C., And she told me something very interesting. She said, you know, we've been through recessions before, and I should say crises. You know, the housing market implosion uh, back in 08, 09 decimated her industry, the construction industry. Mm. And she said the only way we got through was with the great game of business. In other words, teaching people how money works and then asking everyone to pitch in and figure out ways, unique new ways to survive. During the call, she said, but Steve, that was about livelihoods. This is about lives Mm. and livelihoods. And I said, wow, Liz, that's amazing. So what I'd like to do is your show is about optimal health. And to me, there's a couple of different kinds. One is physical. So there's the COVID-19. Are we uh, isolating? Are we uh, social distancing? Are we taking care of ourselves physically? But there's also the mental part. This thing is crazy. Mm -hmm. It is unprecedented. And I think mental health was already a, a really big problem in the U.S. So what I would suggest is that the way we approach business is the way we approach life. And so the first thing that Jack did when all the COVID-19 stuff started to happen was he kind of has a process. And this is part of great game. We believe in high involvement, meaning let's teach everybody the business, but let's also keep everyone informed and let's make sure we're asking them what's happening. So we listened to our people and we realized out of this 2000 people, a lot of folks were just simply scared to death mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. there's so much information coming, right? So right, the first right. thing Jack did, he says, we're take, he did this in 08 and 09, David. He said, let's take the fear out of the organization. So by using data, right, talking mm-hmm. to the, the smartest people we could find and the, the most credible sources, it was to say, first of all, we're solid. We have a solid balance sheet because we run our business in a unique way. We try to build a great company, something that will last 100 years. So first of all, we're going to be okay. This will pass. And then we started looking at the data about we know orders will drop off. We know business will fall off. We know some of companies will be non-essential out of our 10 companies, right? So what's going to happen to those people in their jobs? And Jack was like, we got you covered. So he has a plan. We have a plan where if it lasts for 13 weeks before we can get back to work, 100% pay. 
Mm. After the 13 weeks, we partner with the state and we say, we'll pay for 70%, you pay the 30%, right? And we have a plan all the way through to the fall. So it really takes a lot of stress out of the household if you know your income is secure. I hear what you're saying. And so it seems like one of the messages that I'm getting, Steve, is for tribes and for other organizations to uh, communicate confidence, not just a blind confidence, but actually working to really have systems in place where you can provide for people. Yes, absolutely. And the thing is, is there are offerings out there. Uh, one of the things that we did was put out this Black Swan Action Guide, and, and we can talk about that more in a moment. But it basically says, you know, take fear out of your organization, whether it's a business, a church, uh, a not-for-profit, a tribe. Just take the fear out. Talk about the facts. Help people understand not to consume all the news that's out there because a lot of it's wrong. <laughs> Get the real good information from credible sources. Talk about the economic realities. What's our plan? What help do we need? Who can we go to? And then second step is let's take action because action cures fear. So let's take action. Let's make the calls we need to make. Let's fill out the forms we need to fill out the forms to. Let's take care of people in our community that can't take care of themselves. So take fear out. Take action. And then once we understand where we are in a cash position and you know the money side of things, the people side of things, the health side of things, we need to say what is going to happen when this all comes back. Mm -hmm. So Jack says, let's get ready for the upturn. Now, if I'm not mistaken, Steve, you've been walking us through what you call your Black Swan Action Guide. It's a free resource that you're providing for our listeners. Have I got that correct? That's right. Um, so, David, what we've created, this is just in the last couple of weeks, we had so many calls and emails from people saying, what do we do, what do we do? And it was very much about the panic that was going on. What we need is clear heads. So we said, let's put together a simple action guide for folks to what we call a black swan, an unprecedented and unexpected, unpredictable event like COVID-19. Now at SRC, we've been doing it for almost 40 years. So we have plans in place, but it still caught us. You know, we knew there was something coming. We just didn't know it was mm -hmm. going to be a health mm -hmm. situation, a health crisis. We thought there would be another recession by now. So we have a war chest built. I'm going to suggest two actions for folks when you look at this Black Swan Action Guide is what do I do now? And then what are you going to do differently so that next time it doesn't catch you quite so much by surprise? So, Great messages. Yep. Great messages. Mm -hmm. we we got to talk about this in detail, Steve. I know you've got this great resource. We'll give out contact information for how to pick it up. And uh, we want to give these practical pointers to folks. We do have to step away, though, just for a couple of minutes. I'm Dr. David DeRose. You're listening to Steve Baker with The Great Game of Business. you got to stay tuned. we got more coming up right after this. Today's broadcast has been prerecorded. However, if you have questions about today's show or would like further information, please call 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. We'll be right back after this. This is Betty White. I know you don't need one more thing to worry about, but listen. High blood pressure can cause kidney damage, blindness, heart attack, stroke. And you can have high blood pressure even if you feel all right. One in seven adults has it, but it's easy to get your blood pressure checked, and you can treat it if it is too high. So don't worry about it. Don't ignore it. Just see your doctor and check it out. For your free booklet, visit the Will Rogers Institute at wrinstitute.org and find us on Facebook and Twitter. 
Emergency medical unit, respond to 102 Maple Avenue, possible stroke victim. When stroke occurs, you have 60 minutes to win or lose the race of your life. There are new treatments, but you must get to a hospital fast. If you suddenly feel weakness on one side, have trouble speaking, walking, or seeing, it could be a stroke. Call 911. Get to a hospital. Because how you spend the next 60 minutes could determine how you spend the rest of your life. Stroke. Know the signs. Act in time. A message from the National Institute of Neurological Disorders in Stroke. If you receive disability benefits, keeping Social Security informed is key. Keeping us informed minimizes the chance that we learn about something later that could negatively affect your benefits. That's the surprise no one wants because it creates overpayments that you must repay, disrupts payments, and can even jeopardize your entitlement to Social Security benefits. Learn more about reporting responsibilities for people working and receiving disability or SSI benefits by reading our online publications, Working While Disabled, How We Can Help, and How Work Affects Your Benefits at www.socialsecurity.gov pubs. Some changes can be reported online at www.socialsecurity.gov. You can also notify us at 1-800-772-1213 or contact your local Social Security office. Our goal at Social Security is to pay you the right amount on time every month. With your cooperation to keep us informed of changes, the likelihood of any unpleasant surprises that could derail your benefits will be greatly minimized. You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE, 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose. Welcome back to American Indian Living. I'm Dr. David DeRose. We're talking today about surviving, no, thriving in the challenging times in which we find ourselves. And I'm speaking with someone who is not just uh, giving us philosophy, Steve Baker, shares a rich heritage in the corporate world. He has actually been working with a corporation who really, uh, almost a Phoenix-like story coming up out of what looked like a certain death. And uh, Steve, this is a message that we so need today because a lot of people are looking at their business, they're looking at their tribal enterprises, they're looking at the place where they work, uh, and they're saying, how are we going to survive this? What I really uh, think we need more than anything is... uh, some of those messages in your free Black Swan Action Guide. So help us right now to understand the first point in that action guide, which is how to take the fear out of the situation in which we find ourselves. When we say take the fear out of the workplace or out of any organization, the thing is we've got to make sure that people are getting their messages from us, the leaders of the business. They need to know that that we have their safety and their health as paramount issues in the business. So we're, we need to make sure that everybody's okay. So we're following the right guidelines. Like right now, my company, some of our factories are essential. So people are still working, but they have special guidelines, you know, certain distances and disinfection and that sort of thing. My company as a uh, consulting and training corporation, what we do is we have to now work remotely. So we're really leveraging all the technological investments that we've made over the last few years. So making sure safety and health is number one, because people need to know we care. The second part of that, how do you take the fear out, is be transparent about everything, especially your cash position. If you're not being transparent with your organization, with your people, first of all, it's a lot of weight to carry alone. Secondly, people are scared to death. They're worried about what's happening, but they do want to help, Mm -hmm. but they need to understand what's going on. In a vacuum of information, that vacuum gets filled with rumor, 
gossip and misinformation. Mm. So all we try to do is teach people what the realities are of the business. Have you ever heard of the Stockdale Paradox, Dave? If I have heard of it, I'm not connecting the dots. So explain it to us. Well, I'm going to be brutally honest with you here, and that is, I forgot about it. I read it in Jim Collins' book, Good to Great, many years ago, but a friend brought it up to me recently. He said, this is what you need to be thinking about whenever you're working with a client, uh, with an employee, anything else. Well, Admiral Stockdale was a uh, Vietnam vet who was held captive for, I think it was eight years. He was tortured horribly, and he was interviewed by Jim Collins, who wrote that special uh, business classic, Good to Great, and uh, Collins said, well, you know, tell me about who, who survived, the optimist? He said, no, the optimist did not survive. <laughs> what? This sounds terrible, right? Hmm. He said, no, there's a paradox, and, and they named it after him, Stockdale. He said, the thing is, you had to have a firm belief, a firm belief that you would prevail, but also at the same time face the brutal facts of the situation. So it's really sort of like realism and optimism slammed together, hmm. and that's what we need today. You've got to be transparent. You've got to show people what's really happening because guess what? I Look, I'll share a personal story with you. My wife is a speech pathologist, and uh, she works. she's a contractor for a school system. Wow. Guess what? The school's closed. Mm-hmm. So the teachers are getting paid, but the contractors are not. Wow. So I'm bringing this stuff home, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, we're living it right now. So the first thing we did is we said, what's, what's the real situation? Okay, here's mm-hmm. where we, we're okay today. Let's be transparent. Let's talk to the kids. Let's make sure we're all aligned. And then let's take fear out because we can't make good decisions when we have fear. We've got to have a safe place to have our creative thinking really come in. And then we sat down and we made a cash flow projection. And that's what everybody should do. So we're doing it in all of the SRC companies. And I recommend it to every listener, both at home and at work. How long is your runway? How much cash mm-hmm. do you have? Mm-hmm. So what do you think of that so far? No, I mean, I like what you're saying. So uh, I think the challenge is, and, and you've already alluded to this, is that many times we try to put a smiling face on when the reality is not that bright. And like you're saying, if we don't face the facts, then basically we're not going to be prepared individually and we're not going to help uh, those around us be prepared, especially if we're in a in a leadership position at a tribe or a tribal organization or uh, whether it's a, a non-tribal entity. It doesn't matter whether we're Native or non-Native. I mean, the issues are the same. We're either going to go into this uh, being cognizant of the realities. And like you said, some of those realities may not be all that encouraging, right? Right. That's, that's the brutal facts. Um, that's the way it's life. But life isn't fair. And I think everyone who has the... Uh, Smarts to be listening to this program probably understands that, you know what, we shouldn't protect our kids in a, in a perfect world Disney bubble. What we need to do is teach them what life is like, have them ready and prepared for life so that they don't have some of the challenges that we had. Well, our people at, in our organizations are no different. Oftentimes, as leaders, and I do this myself, I have to be careful. Sometimes I treat my people like children, mm-hmm. when in fact, I should be treating them like adults. Mm-hmm. So listen, Dave, we spend a lot of time and money teaching people financial and business literacy. So it's easier to have a conversation with someone who's had that training before because they understand a little more about how money works. For everybody listening, what I would do is I would simply walk them through how a dollar lasts in the business because it's much harder to make money than they think it is. And if we let the place get filled with misinformation or assumptions, uh, we're not going to be very well off. So there are some things in step two 
that I'd like to cover maybe if we have time before the next break. Is that okay? No, we definitely want to go there. But uh, let me just tell you how I'm processing things, Steve, so we're, we're on the sure. same page. You know, it's clear yeah. to me that uh, what you're sharing is vital, is having that transparency. And I really hear you talking already about communication as we're dealing with taking the fear, at least out of the organizational workplace or the virtual workplace, wherever we find ourselves. But what about the folks who are saying, I mean, this is just really scary. I mean, the organization is being honest with us. They're saying, we don't think we can last much longer than a few weeks unless we're getting some of these funds from uh, certain stimuli that are coming through the government. What do you do in that situation to take the fear out of the environment? Well, I think you're really asking the big question, which is, what do we do now? You know, we, we may not have much runway, as we say. Um, so that's the big idea of, the, of number two. What, did, what actions should take right now? And one of the first ones is to really update your numbers and say, what do we think the rest of the year will bring? If you can't do that, do a 90-day plan. Just say, what do you think we can do? So this means calling key customers. Mm. Uh, we had a, a retail. In fact, uh, Jack just wrote a blog about this, um, about a, a retailer uh, who basically was shut down by the city. You know, it, it's shelter in place. Everybody right. stay home. Mm -hmm. No more retail or you get a fine or you go to jail. And uh, what she did is she started to ask her employees, who basically are hourly workers, what can we do differently, right? She, she relied on foot traffic. Mm -hmm. And these folks came up with so many ideas just in the first day of being closed. She wanted them to have, a, you know, their, their wages. She wanted them to be productive and feel safe, right? She wanted to take care of them, but she was that open. And I love it because all of a sudden people were calling customers they knew personally wow. they were doing curbside delivery for people they amped up their e-commerce i'm talking in hours not days mm -hmm. this is something that they just boom 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 people are so creative when when they're not in fear and so mm -hmm. that's one of the stories that that really inspires me um another one that's so cool is um one of the first actions that we take is to update our forecast based on what everybody thinks is possible, right? Because if they don't buy in, we say people support what they help create. Mm -hmm. If you just reforecast the year, it's still your number, right? So involve your people in the idea of what do you think we can bring into the place? What expenses could we cut? All of a sudden, people come up with crazy good ideas because they never thought about it before, especially in the last few years. Mm -hmm. haven't, mm -hmm. haven't you felt like we were? it was easy to get lazy? I'll tell you, I mean, if it's true for anybody. I mean, we've all seen it. You walk into a, a setting and you see all the problems when you first walk through the door. But after you've been working there for six or eight months, you're kind of blind to those things that you may have even noticed in the past, especially if things are going well and no one's challenging you to improve anything. Yeah, still getting paid. It must be okay. <laughs> but showing the realities and really opening things up, man, it's so surprising what people will do. They're just amazing. So here's the thing that, that I think really resonates with audiences that have been talking to lately. And that is, um, and again, think about this personally and uh, business-wise, because the first thing you should do is update those numbers, make your best guess, and immediately get first in line, talk to your creditors, talk mm -hmm. to your vendors and suppliers, talk to everyone. Man, I'm telling you, even if it's at home and you call up your mortgage company, guess what? They've already got COVID-19 forbearances, no fees, no credit dings. Go get it right? Mm -hmm. Talk to your uh, utility company, talk to your phone provider. Talk, they've all got programs, but you've got to go ask for it, right? They're not just going to lay it out there. You got student loans. Guess what? There's forbearances. Again, you know, not interest bearing. And it's just incredible what people are doing. And really, by the time uh, everyone starts to 
really get this message, they'll just be learning what SBA is doing, and they'll just be learning what uh, is happening at the Fed, and what is the Treasury Department doing? Is the IRS going to help us out in any way, right? Mm-hmm. These are all things that we, we can't wait for. You can't wait. Be first in line. And then set some short-term goals. Just sit down and say, man, for the next 90 days, what could we do to move the number in the right direction? And right now, your critical number might very well be cash, right? Whoever Fair has enough. the cash, Dave, i got to tell you, in the last two weeks, I have met so many entrepreneurs that have plenty of money in the bank, but they went and they drew down their credit so they'd have the cash on hand to make payroll. Mm-hmm. I, it's unprecedented times, and I don't know. What do you think about that? Well, I'll tell you, I think this is such a fascinating topic that we can't let you leave. We have got to step away just for uh, <laughs> just for a couple of minutes. But I want you folks to know, if you're tuning in to today's edition of American Indian Living, we've got a great guest in Steve Baker. I think you can see that. And he's got free resources. They're available at greatgame.com slash Steve. Pick up your black swan operating guide i'm paraphrasing the official name of the resource but also check out steve's book we are going to come back though with more insights uh, from steve baker i'm dr david derose we will be back with more right after this american indian living will continue in a moment if you have questions or comments about today's pre-recorded broadcast please call 1-800-775-HOPE that's 1-800-775-HOPE 4673. So, you want to be a hero? Here are some ways to get the job. Hunt down that killer shark. Or run into a burning house to save a kitten. Luckily, there's an easier way to become a hero. Call 911 if you see someone experiencing the symptoms of stroke, sudden weakness on one side, or trouble speaking, walking, or seeing. Stroke. Know the signs. Act in time. You'll be a real hero. A message from the National Institute of Neurological Disorders and Stroke. Can you guess what's going on here? It's kids getting fit. Studies show that children and teens who get at least 60 minutes of physical activity a day reduce the risk of obesity, heart disease, anxiety, and increase their overall mood. So whether it's around your neighborhood or at school, just get out and play. For your free booklet, visit WRInstitute.org or call toll-free 877-957-7575 and find us on Facebook and Twitter. The Will Rogers Institute since 1936. My name is Tom Thornton. And my name is Cindy Thornton. We're retired, and this is how we live United. We decided to volunteer with United Way at our community free health clinic. United Way is how we contribute. Because we know our time and money are going to the right places. Judging by the thank yous we get at the clinic, I'd say we're doing the right thing with our retirement, too. We're Tom and Cindy Thornton. We volunteer at our community free health clinic. We don't just wear the shirt. We live it. Give, advocate, volunteer, live United. Go to liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Diabetes affects more than 29 million Americans. If left untreated, diabetes can lead to serious health problems such as heart disease, stroke, blindness, and kidney disease. Your family's health history can be an important factor in determining your risk of developing diabetes. The National Diabetes Education Program wants to help you and your family. Do all you can to prevent or delay the onset of type 2 diabetes. Visit yourdiabetesinfo.org to learn more. You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE, 1-800-775-4673. 
Here again is Dr. DeRose. Welcome back to the second half of today's edition of American Indian Living. I'm Dr. David DeRose. With me is Steve Baker. Steve is the vice president of a group called The Great Game of Business. He is the co-author of a new book called Get in the Game, How to Create Rapid Financial Results and Lasting Cultural Change. Steve, we've not been talking a lot about the book. We hopefully will get there before our time winds up, but we've been walking people through what you have called the Black Swan Action Guide. Before we go back to our discussion of that, for those who might just be joining us, give us a little bit of background as to why you put together this resource. Yes. Well, uh, Dave, let me tell you, it was really something, of course, we feel this uh, whole crisis, too. And we said, let's let's reach out and give folks a free resource to help them deal with what's happening in the here and now. And the Black Swan Action Guide, we created that uh, basically to help people understand how they can deal with the uh, current crisis. Black Swan meaning an unpredictable, uh, catastrophic event. Uh, you might think of 9-11. Uh, you might think of perhaps uh, the 2008-2009 housing crisis, the dot-com bubble, that sort of thing. So a black swan, big very impactful, unpredictable event. So our, our action guide is all about taking fear out of the workplace, out of your organization, making sure your people are safe, secure, making sure that you're solvent, making sure you have a cash plan, uh, talking to your uh, vendors, to your creditors, making sure that uh, set some short-term goals. Those are the actions that you must take now. And now we're heading into how do you get ready for the upturn? Great, that's, great. That's where we are right now. Yeah, and that's such an important topic because I think as we're talking about giving people optimism, uh, the reality is uh, this too shall pass. I think uh, that is clearly true, and and although, of course, there are those uh, doomsday scenarios, and I don't want to uh, say that there is never the possibility of things getting worse, but at the same time, you've got to be looking for things getting better and projecting that, at least in the business world. So tell us, first of all, why you see that there is hope for an upturn and what that's going to look like. Well, um, Dave, first of all, thank you for recognizing that uh, I could be wrong. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I think if you if you look at, uh, at what economists are really studying, you know, a lot of folks are looking backward, trying to go, how did this black swan happen? And, and that sort of thing. But we were due for a recession anyway, so this is kind of a weird thing. It's unprecedented because we haven't had a health scare since, what, polio or something like that or the Spanish flu? It's crazy, but it isn't unprecedented. So what we have to do is kind of peel those two things apart and see where the they interact. If we're really looking at it, um, we're probably going to have some real challenges uh, all the way through the end of 2020. Uh, it could be that by Christmas we see something break free, but we believe that most companies will really, you'll see kind of a, uh, instead of a deep U, more of a sharp bounce back up because there's going to be so much pent-up demand. Uh, there's going to be uh, a lot of folks who have been, been sitting on the sidelines of the stock market because they're afraid of it. Um, uh, even CEOs, a lot of them, look, let's just say, Publicly traded companies have been hiding a lot of dead inventory and things like this because they've been trying in the last 10 years, right, to keep up with the street. This gives them an opportunity, an excuse to dump that stuff. Mm. Once we get past all mm. that, the economy will rebound, and we've got to be ready for it because I know everybody listening out there has got to have had, for the last few years, a real people problem. Mm. Can you find good people? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. let me ask you that question, Dave. I mean, 
have you felt that war for talent in the last few years? Well, you know, I think I operate probably in a little bit uh, uh, different space because I work with a lot of different organizations. And But in our group, um, we've had a lot of people who've been with us for a long time. We have a lot of partnerships. But I know the word on the street is typically, you know, what you're saying. I mean, and I won't tell you that I've been immune to that either. I mean, I, I've had uh, some contracted folks that, that we've brought in, and you just say, you know, what what kind of framework are these folks operating from? You know, you give them an opportunity to do something, and they don't seem to take much initiative. So, sure, I think we, we all deal with personnel issues in whatever space we're in. Those of us that have uh, a team that we've cultivated longer or if we use a lot of outsourcing and have worked uh, with groups over time, we're in a, maybe a little bit better position as far as knowing who we're working with. But I know out there a lot of turnover, a lot of frustration with uh, just the challenge of finding people who seem to be dedicated to even if it's nothing more than just doing their job on a daily basis, it's tough. It is. It's really tough. I mean, you you said it. The thing is, unemployment but it has been at such a low rate for so long. I mean, everybody's working. And so it's really hard to find good people. It's really hard to retain good people. Now we have this black swan, this COVID-19 thing happen. And I'm telling you, we work with all kinds of organizations. So we've, I've heard from university presidents, not-for-profit uh, directors. Um, of course, obviously, you've got for-profit businesses, even government I mean, everybody's like, what do I do? Do I lay people off? Do I not? And we're saying, let's protect jobs because mm-hmm. that's our number one issue. Mm-hmm. But did you forget overnight? So we're, we're actually saying, why don't you do this? Think about what Jack Stack always has said to us, and that is getting ready for a recovery is a lot harder than dealing with a recession Wow! because it comes down to people. Mm-hmm. Isn't that something? No, I mean, that's a you tremendous that. insight. Well, we think it is because Jack's always been about people, about jobs and job creation and wealth creation and sharing the wealth with those who create it. The thing is, is everyone listening should be thinking about how can I hang on to my people? Because won't they be much more loyal? Won't you have a, a, an extraordinary level of trust because you did hang on to them when their neighbors got laid off? Oh, no, I'll, I'll tell you. You know, here's the thing. If you see that someone's got your back, I mean you're going to be a whole lot uh, more bought into that organization than somebody that you felt, you know, just dumped you when uh, things got tough. So, I mean, I'm totally on the same page with you. If people know you're committed to them, I mean, most people respond in kind, don't they? They do. They really do. I mean, again, people are amazing. So this is the time to really, you know, you might call it retool the operation or retrain and, and look at the downturn as an opportunity to really go after those things that needed to be done while you were so busy in the last couple of years. And I'm telling you, everybody uh, that I talk to is, is telling me that, yeah, we do have a bunch of stuff we need to do. So at restaurants, it's a perfect time to do that deep cleaning, to rework the menu. Maybe they're also doing uh, curbside, that sort of thing. It's like, uh, what do you do in a catering company? Uh, uh, one of our coaches actually owns a catering company in Chicago, and he was telling us that they might have to cut down to 30 hours a week because there's no catering to be done, you know, and uh and their people are actually coming up with the ideas, but they're also painting the kitchen, uh, re uh, covering grills and all kinds of maintenance stuff. And they're also doing training. Uh, That's what we're doing at SRC. We haven't had to lay anyone off. In fact, we've never laid anyone off, but if we go to a shared work program where they go to a reduced number of hours a week because of social distancing or something like that, Dave, we already have a plan where people are going to be using our online uh, great game of business 
services, basically courses. And Jack says, if we're paying them, they're still working. So they're mm-hmm. going to learn at home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and no, so I mean, financial literacy. Yeah, I mean, these are great insights. And uh, what you're basically saying is a lot of these things you're wanting folks to have, you're wanting the listeners of American Indian Living to have absolutely free of charge by taking advantage of your Black Swan Action Guide. Uh, tell us again, Steve, how someone can get a copy of that. It's very easy. Just go to greatgame.com slash Steve. So greatgame.com slash S-T-E-V-E. And you'll see two things there for you. One is the Black Swan Action Guide. Uh, which is a PDF, and then you've also got an opportunity to take a look at a, a sample of the new book, Get in the Game. That is tremendous, and we definitely want to talk some about the book, Get in the Game, but I want to make sure that we've really done justice to speaking about the key elements of the Black Swan Action Guide. I think we've all heard the message if we've been with you from the beginning of the hour, and that is, first of all, we've got to take that fear out of the organization. Then we've got to be looking at some very practical things, concrete things that we can start doing right away if we haven't done them already, Uh, a 30-day plan, uh, talking to creditors, talking to vendors, strategizing new solutions. Uh, You've been talking with us now about how to get ready for the the upturn and really just investing in personnel again, realizing that uh, invaluable resource that we have in good people and not just letting them uh, slip through our fingers, if you will, by not caring for them in these challenging times. And I think I've been hearing throughout the dialogue, I mean, this is all about communication, but I know that's your fourth point. Is there anything more we need to talk about when it comes to that piece? Yeah, I would like to spend just a minute on that because we talk about communication a lot and and organizations everywhere. And this is not just to, you know, confined to the U.S. um, or even to English speaking communities. We're talking worldwide, uh, every culture, every language, um, every country. They all use the financial statements. They all use the same ones, and they've been around, Dave, since 1494. Wow. <laughs> Can you believe that? Wow. 1494, Luca Pazzioli, the father of modern accounting, created the income statement and the balance sheet as we know them today. They haven't changed in 500 years. This is the ultimate secret language. Hmm. That's what we're teaching people. When I say double down on communication, what comes to mind for you? Well, I mean, for me, it's actually just having access to people uh, and people who are in the organization feeling free that they can speak to a person at any level. I know we often speak about chain of command, but sometimes uh, depending on how large the organization is, that can be distancing if you're not hearing from people that are really at the top. Absolutely. That's really cool that you say that because what we need to do is not only have that open door, we also need to have that open book, meaning we all understand the financials of the business, maybe not like a, an accountant does, but certainly an, an understanding like a business person does. And so to wrap up the big idea of communication, when I say double down on communication, it's about um, not only how often we communicate, but what are we communicating? Mm. So we are challenging everyone to think about what if you said it's not just about telling people, it's involving them. So wow. communication is two-way. Let's teach them business. Because that's what's going to make the difference in the next year. No, I mean, this is amazing stuff and a lot of practical stuff. I want to encourage you, if you're tuning into today's edition of American Indian Living, 
to take advantage of what uh, Steve and his team have pulled together, the Black Swan Action Guide. And if you haven't picked it up already, uh, simply go to the website. It's uh, easy to remember, greatgame.com. And you've been listening to Steve uh, Baker from the beginning of the hour. So it's just greatgame.com slash Steve, S-T-E-V-E. Steve, we want to talk, though, about your book, because although folks today uh, might be more interested in picking up a free resource, you've got so much in the new book that a lot of folks who've been engaged by your dialogue, they're going to want to pick up the great game of business, uh, your latest production called Get in the Game. Tell us uh, what went into coming out with that book at this time. Yeah, so uh, what's interesting about this is that when Jack wrote the original book, The Great Game of Business, it was basically a story about his company. Um, Rich and I realized many years ago, Rich Armstrong, my co-author and president of The Great Game, um, realized that he never wrote a how-to book. So Mm -hmm. we wrote the step-by-step, 10-step implementation guide, the cookbook, if you will, for The Great Game of Business. Excellent, excellent. And we're going to want to hear about that. Of course, we won't be able to cover uh, the book in its entirety. That's the reason why you wrote it and put it out there for us. But if folks do want to get an excerpt of the book, that is also available at the website, right? Yes, greatgame.com slash Steve. Okay, we're going to be back with insights from Get in the Game, How to Create Rapid Financial Results and Lasting Cultural Change. You'll see that the message is relevant even in the challenging times in which we find ourselves today. Don't go away. We've got our final segment of American Indian Living coming right up. And you guessed it, Steve Baker is staying by. You do the same. We will be back right after this. Today's broadcast has been pre-recorded. However, if you have questions about today's show or would like further information, please call 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. We'll be right back after this. One day, I'll teach chemistry to kids. I'm going to be an architect. My dream is to be a chef. At the U.S. Department of Education's Office of Federal Student Aid, we provide more than $150 billion each year in grants, loans, and work-study funds, making higher education possible for anyone at any stage of life. I can go back to college. I can change careers. I can make a difference. Federal Student Aid, proud sponsor of the American Mind. Learn more about money for college at studentaid.gov. Diabetes is a serious disease that runs in families. If your parents or siblings have type 2 diabetes, you have a greater chance of getting the disease. If you're African American, Hispanic, or Latino, American Indian, Alaska Native, Asian American, Native Hawaiian, or Pacific Islander, you also have a higher chance of developing the disease. The National Diabetes Education Program wants to help you understand your risk. Visit the NDEP website at yourdiabetesinfo.org for diabetes prevention tools, including the Family Health History Quiz. It started off as a normal day. I felt fine when I arrived at the plant. Ruth Junius's life was about to change. Then I dropped my keys. They kept slipping out of my hand. My arm felt numb. A co-worker asked me if I was okay, and I couldn't speak. I started to get scared. Ruth was having a stroke. People around her weren't sure what to do. They thought I should go home or lie down, but I knew something was very wrong. I wrote 911 on a piece of paper with my other hand. And someone called for me. Because everyone acted quickly, doctors at the hospital were able to give Ruth treatment that started to reverse the symptoms. Within a few minutes, I was talking again. 
I didn't know a thing about stroke before I had one. Now I make sure that my friends and family know all the signs of stroke so they'll get help fast if they need it. No stroke. Know the signs. Act in time. Call 1-800-352-9424 for more information. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, National Institutes of Health. You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE, 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose. Welcome back to American Indian Living. I'm Dr. David DeRose. We are continuing our dialogue with a great guest, someone who has been walking us through some of the challenges that we face today, as well as giving us a perspective on the future. His name is Steve Baker. He is the vice president of a group called The Great Game of Business. Steve, we have enjoyed your insights, and we're so excited about getting some more practical pointers from your new book called Get in the Game. If I understand correctly, like you mentioned in the last segment, it's a how-to book, and you're going to walk uh, the readers through 10 different steps to really upgrading their, their business game. Is that safe to say? Absolutely. I appreciate you saying that because I, I do think it's an upgrade, but I want everyone to think about it as being um, something that is not about – we're not trying to change the way that you treat your people or your customers or anything. It's about how you run your business, and it's by involving people. So I thought I'd just walk through the 10 steps of implementation that we feature in the book. And everybody just kind of remember that this is about uh, adaption versus adoption. In other words, we know your business is different, Mm -hmm. and we want to recognize that and value it. So this is a framework for our operating system. And and I'd like to start with number one, let's begin with the right leadership. Mm -hmm. And we touched on that in the Black Swan Guide by saying, if you don't teach your people, someone else will. Fair enough. So, but I mean, of course, when someone's listening to this, begin with the right leadership. If they don't have confidence in the people that they're working under, I mean, there's not much they can do with changing it, right? You're talking about looking at the folks uh, at the top of the uh, organizational chart and making sure the people under them are the kind of people that they want uh, interfacing with their employees. Now, talk about insightful. Nobody ever, I, go, I do a lot of interviews and nobody's ever pulled out that particular nuance. Man, Dave, let me tell you, begin with the right leadership can happen at any level. So if someone reads this book and they're a department manager, shouldn't they reflect on their own leadership characteristics? Are are they courageous? Uh, Are they vulnerable? Do they have all the answers? They shouldn't, right? They Mm -hmm. should be human, right? Those are the, the key things that we cover in that chapter is to say you can be at any level and still be a leader. Wow. Now we want yeah, we want CEOs to to reflect on, on their approach to leadership as well. But please take this as you can use this at any level in an organization. Tremendous. So we've got a great start. We're looking at uh, solid leaders, the right leadership. Where do we move on from there? So next we share the why before the how. A lot of people have probably heard of Simon Sinek with Start With Why. He did a TED Talk that's been seen like 20 or 30 million mm-hmm, times. Mm-hmm. It pulls out that idea Uh, people will do amazing things if they understand why, if they understand the purpose of why they're doing it, rather than just punching a clock. Powerful, powerful. And and it's so needful because sometimes people think, well, hey, just tell people what to do. But I know it as a physician. If I don't explain to a patient why I'm recommending a certain practice, a certain medication, whatever it might be, we're not going to get good compliance. 
Yes, and patient compliance is everything, right? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You got it. So keep walking us through this, Steve. Sure. So the third step, after we've looked at leadership, if we've shared our purpose, our why, then it's time to open the books and teach the numbers. It's important to remember here, David, that transparency is absolutely worthless without education. Mm. So instead of just throwing the financials out there, we need to make sure that we're teaching people how we make money and generate cash, how they can affect the numbers, and be personally responsible for one of those line items on the income statement. Okay. So basically, it's it's helping people realize that uh, they it's not just a job. They have a personal stake in the success of the organization. Absolutely. People are the ones that create the numbers in the business. It's not the financial folks. It's not the CEO. It's every single person working in the business. They create the numbers. Where do we head from there? Next, we define our critical number. We say focus on the critical number. That What is that one thing? You know, I mentioned early in the broadcast that Jack Stack took on an 89-to-1 debt-to-equity situation. I mean, he, he got a loan for $8.9 million against $100,000 down. Their critical number was make the bank loan payment because everyone in the factory could understand it. It was mm-hmm. if you don't make your car payment, they take your car. Exactly. If you don't make your house payment, they take your house. Exactly. If you don't make the business payment, you're done. So the critical number changes over time. We pick one every year. Right now, for listeners going through the, the COVID-19 crisis, your critical number is probably cash. Figure out your cash position. Mm-hmm. Um, we try to focus on one thing that could weaken us or perhaps even take us out. So over time, we've had different critical numbers in our companies that range from, uh, obviously, uh, debt-to-equity ratios. We've had them for return on investment, but also things that are strategic, like maybe diversification. Do we have too many of our eggs in one basket? Should we diversify to other markets and other customers? So the critical number is that thing that we can all focus on and rally around. And then if that's the goal of the game, the great game of business, we'll teach the rules, we'll keep score, and we'll share a stake in the outcome. So now are these successive points in this uh, in this 10-step uh, structure? They are. And the reason that that's so important to remember is that a lot of people hear about our bonus plan design, and you can read about it in the book, um, it's just a really cool bonus program, self-funds. It's gain-sharing versus profit-sharing, really neat. I would definitely check it out. But, man, you can't leap right to it because if people don't in- understand it, if they aren't involved in creating it, um, it becomes your number again, and you're going to be stuck all alone at the top right? <laughs> one more time waiting for something to happen differently, mm-hmm. and it just won't. So successive, yes. Do they uh, need to be done in order? Yes. And you repeat them year after year. So you got your leadership in place. you got your why. You've, got, you've opened the books. You're teaching the numbers. You focus on a critical number. And now we're looking for drivers. We say act on the right drivers. So these are, these are things that individuals, teams, departments, drivers to the critical number. A great example of that would be perhaps if you're a caterer, as we mentioned earlier, food cost might be one of your drivers. Hmm. Who can better affect food cost than someone who buys it? someone who is a chef and is carving it up and, 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 and a server who's putting it out on, on a table for a guest in a wedding, something like that. So what are the drivers, right, that happen every single day that our people can own? So it's line item ownership. From there, we put uh, 90-day incentive plans. So this is where we can get incentives at 30, 60, 90 days. We call them mini games because it's a miniature version of the great game. And we put those in there around those drivers. So we're literally rewarding people for driving the critical number as quickly as the first few weeks. Hmm. So basically, uh, you're getting everybody on the same page. They understand 
the numbers. They've got a goal organizationally, and then you're helping break it down so everybody kind of knows what they're working toward. Exactly. They should know exactly what they're working toward. And if they don't understand it, it's not their fault. That is the fault of leadership. We've got to train our people because they won't come to us educated in the fashion that will allow us to treat them like business people. It's our responsibility as small to mid-sized businesses in the U.S. to educate our employees. That's just We're the new educators. That's the way it is. Great points. So uh, anything else that has got to be included in this, uh, in this approach? Yeah, I think I'll just run through the last four very quickly because now we've gotten people involved. They know what our critical number is. They know what to do to, what they personally need to do to drive it. We're going to reward them through mini games. Now we can focus while they're busy executing. We can actually sit down as a design team, a leadership team that's going to work on the new bonus plan. So we say provide a stake in the outcome. Mm-hmm. Then we're going to create our first scoreboard. Then we're going to start huddling around it and follow the action. That's step nine. And that's literally where we turn the funnel upside down of information. Instead of reporting numbers out to people once a month, every single week we gather together for a very short time, and guess what? We have them forecast the numbers. It is absolutely astounding. Wow. So basically you've got your employees in each division saying where they see things going instead of uh, that kind of top-down approach where people are – are waiting with, with bated breath for folks to tell them how things are going. Yeah. Are we winning or losing? That's what people want to know. Mm-hmm. So they can actually tell us. Plus, because we're forecasting things, we're also forecasting our own bonus program. Uh, how powerful is that? It's wow. Crazy. These are things that you guys have been doing for decades, literally. Yeah. Yeah. In our own companies for 40 years and in other companies through the help of Great Game of Business, my division, uh, for the last 30 Wow. I think one of the things that people uh, have to resonate with as far as today's show and and Steve, what you've been sharing, is that you're not just a a college professor who says, hey, I read all these books and pulled all these articles (laughs) together and and here's something you can do. You're saying, hey, this works. We've been doing it. Uh, Not only have we put it in a book that's out there called Get in the Game, How to Create Rapid Financial Results and Lasting Cultural Change, but we want to put something in your hands right now that can help you implement some of the, the high points of these strategies, that Black Swan Action Guide. For those who uh, perhaps just joined us in this final segment, Steve, one more time, if folks want to catch some of the great insights that you've been sharing, how do they uh, access them? Yeah, please. Uh, our big mission is to change 10 million lives in the next 10 years. So to do that, we want to share it with you, greatgame.com slash Steve for our Black Swan Action Guide and a special preview edition of the Get in the Game book that we've just written. Steve, thanks so much for joining us. Again, his website, greatgame.com slash Steve. Hopefully today's show has given you some things that encourage you, some practical things you can do, because after all, healthy business helps to make healthy people. Hopefully those strategies will make a difference for you. For all of us at American Indian Living, I'm Dr. David DeRose, as always, wishing you the very best of health. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network.